Welcome to Emerge Dynamics. Emerge Dynamics. The podcast for those who manage and invest in middle market private companies across the globe. globe. We're telling the stories of the unsung champions who take enormous risks every day to weave the fabric of our societies. Those who collectively, from the multi-trillion dollar largest market on the planet, we're diving into the dynamics of what makes some of them emerge from their peers and create incredible returns and impact on their communities. This is Emerge Dynamics. Hey everybody, welcome back to this next episode of the Emerge Dynamics podcast. Happy New Year. This is the first episode of 2023. And Eric, how fitting. Here we are in the future. In yes, we are. are we? We're back we to the topic future. All about the future. So here we are. I am, did I say it already? I'm David Cusimano and I'm here with Eric. That's the other voice you hear there, Eric. Yeah, that's that's the other guy. Yeah, that's me. (laughs) Our color commentator. Yeah, there we go. And David, we finished up the end of the year talking about this new, brave new world of new technology, cryptocurrencies. And really, it was all about what is money? What's money used for? And now what are some of these new emerging forms? of money. But at the end of the day, all of that, we said, is coming out fundamentally trying to solve inherent issues that we have in the marketplace today with the current forms of money and the current forms in which we exchange between one another. And it's part of just the natural evolution that has happened for eons and eons with money being at the center of that because it it tends to be that, that medium of exchange. And I think now we want to we want to start to unpack kind of the the technology that's behind all of this being this blockchain technology and what does that mean for us as business owners and how that might be impacting the future of how we we transact and it's not a question of if it will change how we interact with customers and with other people that we exchange with, but just how and when. And, you know, hey, that's the billion dollar question. We're not here to solve that, but we're here to at least kind of put some framing around that. Absolutely. And Eric, just to underscore that, I'll repeat something I said a couple of episodes ago. These aren't my words. Someone else's who is into this way more than us. He says that I would say who it is. I just don't remember. But today we talk about when something happens on a blockchain it gets press. We talk about, oh, did you hear this happened in a block? Like, we, we talk about it. Ten years, maybe even as little as five years from now, we won't be talking like that anymore because probably everything will just be in a blockchain. Yeah. yeah. And it'll be the unusual things that aren't. So, right. And so let's, I'm thinking, let's start by just from a layman's perspective. I know so many people hear all these terms and they don't know what they mean. I talked to a lot of business owners. And uh, yeah, I heard that. I don't know what that means. And there, so maybe we could just go through a few of them and just say a sentence or two about each one is just a simple layman's version. And then we can go to there into just some practical applications for the main street business owner. Okay. That sounds good. Sounds good. So let's start with Web 3.0. Yeah. So you and I were both at a conference not too long ago, early part of the year in 2022. and Somebody that I felt gave a really good, simple explanation is they said, okay, let's take Web 1.0. And Web 1.0 was when the web first came out 
and you saw a lot of companies saying, oh, this is great. I'm going to have this ability to put my name out there and people can search this and, and they can get to what was called a landing page, right? Mm-hmm. And it was basically digital marketing. It's like, instead of having all these brochures and I got to physically be in front of you and hand you a brochure, I have to mail it to you by direct mail or something like that. I've now made that digital copy of that. I've put it in this web 1.0 environment. People can access that and I can find ways to distribute that much faster and much better than I used to be able to. Pretty much a brochure on a computer screen. On a computer right. screen, right? And that was a lot of Web 1.0. And some people got fancier with it and all that other kind of stuff. We didn't call it Web 1.0. It no, was just no. the internet. It was, it, was, it was the internet. Just, yeah. We didn't know yeah. there was a it 2.0 was, and 3.0 coming later. Right. It was the internet. Then came along is we started saying, okay, now that I can connect digitally with people, what can I do to, to actually transact with them? If I can or, communicate or, or with them and or interact yes. with them, whether that just through communication, or I can actually transact with them. So mm-hmm. you started seeing people developing ways to use that, the internet and the web as a means to transact business. And so we started developing portals. We started developing websites that were designed to sell our goods and wares, have mm-hmm. them shipped to your home. All mm-hmm. of that was through some intermediary of exchange, right? Because we yeah. were we were either using a credit card to transact the business or quite frankly, the whole development of PayPal came out during that web 2.0 environment because it was, how can I now actually directly debit the account of my customer in order to exchange this uh, funds or for this particular transaction instead of going through a credit card company? And so, in all of those cases, you had these intermediaries that are acting on behalf of the parties to help with that exchange of funds and that transaction. And Eric, and, I think if I can throw in an example here, just to, just to talk about the main street versus digital world example. I mean, Web 2.0 disrupted our world in an enormous way. Oh. We don't need to wait for Web 3.0 for that to happen, right? And And one famous saga is the whole... Blockbuster versus Netflix yep. battle. It wasn't much of a battle. <laughs> Netflix won very <laughs> fast. Yeah. And but that's a perfect example of web Netflix was a web 2.0 company, but doing more than just throwing a brochure up. They were actually offering a service online. And it, within a matter of a few years, the whole world went from running down to the Blockbuster to get a DVD, just clicking a button and watching their movies there. Right. So right. major disruption even in web 2.0. Right. Well, and then and then when you you look at Amazon, Walmart go. online, I mean, oh my goodness, how has that disrupted commerce and, right. and particularly small businesses and the change that has happened in the in the retail space with the you know the big box chains and anchor stores and everything else that in the in the malls mm-hmm. and certainly there's still a lot of mall activity, but you're seeing more and more those malls are empty. You know, you shoot a cannon in them. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's one down the street <laughs> that, I mean, literally, I think there's two. You can't even call them anchor stores any anymore. <laughs> right. They're, they're more just almost now physical ways to visit the online brand. Yeah, exactly. And they're smaller. They're, you know, they're still, they're still a presence, but it's such a completely different way to compete. So 
And so, Eric, I'm thinking about like, so I know some people will hear us talking and saying, ah, it's, it's not going to be that disruptive. It's not, you know, Web 3.0 is not going to change that much. That, you guys are crazy talk. Well, Web 2.0 has already transformed the world in an enormous way. Just, yeah. so, so to think that Web 3.0 <laughs> won't do that, it was, it's not that crazy. Right. And so the way it's been described in Web 3.0 is that now, whereas in Web 2.0, you know, we've digitized the transactional process, the exchange of, of money, all digitized through intermediaries. Web 3.0 is a world where we're going to continue that digital transformation. But now, instead of all of these reliance on all these intermediaries, we're going to be able to directly transact between the parties without an intermediary involved. It's a decentralized world. Totally, completely decentralized. So it's not, oh, well, I got to go through this central exchange, if you will, and then back to the party that I'm dealing with. I'm going directly to that party. And the possibilities that come out of that to be disruptive are exponential. And I was just recently at another conference where they just talked about, and I mean, it was mind boggling. I'm not going to, I'm not going to repeat what they were saying, but it, it was like, if you look at the exponential development from web 1.0 to web 2.0, it was exponential. And then to see web 3.0 is like, it's the continual exponential on the exponential. And so right. the change that's going to come about from that is just going to be phenomenal. Absolutely. So I think that's a pretty good way to, to lay it out. And I see, Eric, I mean, I may have it wrong, but Web 3.0 is kind of this, maybe this higher level term for all these other technologies that fall either underneath it or around it. And actually, before I say and, am I getting that right? Would you would you say the same thing where Web 3.0 is kind of this this umbrella term and then all the other terms we'll talk about kind of fit with it? Yeah, the I think the other, the other terms kind of fit up underneath that, which fundamental, I guess, the technological chain or technological component of that is what we call another term is blockchain. And maybe I think you did on the last episode, you did a really good job talking about ledgers and a centralized ledger versus a decentralized ledger. And that's ultimately what blockchain technology is, is a decentralized ledger. So maybe you can talk about that real quick. Yeah, and what I'll do too, Eric, let's put a link. There's a video I found on YouTube. I don't know who made it, but it, it was really good. It helped me. It's about 12 minutes long. It's mental gymnastics you have to do, but it's only 12 minutes of them, and you're there, and you understand blockchain. And so well, maybe we can put a link to it. And, yeah, that'd be great. And really explain, but you know, just to recap quickly what I said in the last episode is it's a distributed ledger. And so an entire copy of every transaction is not in one place for one central authority that we have to trust, but instead this ledger is distributed across thousands of computers around the world. And so by consensus with all these different computers talking to each other, not through a central location, they're able to all verify if transactions are accurate or not. There's more to it than what I just said, but I think that's probably a pretty just basic essence of what it does, but it allows us to have complete trust in people we don't know. Actually, let me take that back. Not a complete trust in the person helps us have complete trust in the transaction. Right, right. Because embedded in 
the transaction itself is all of the validation steps. The ledger itself is attached to the transaction as opposed to a third party that is maintaining the ledger that then is validating and is circulating back and forth. It's actually attached to the transaction. So let's a simple example, because we also talk about tokenization. So a simple example of that, David, is recently, I I know we talked about this example of a a home that was sold, a tokenized home Mm -hmm. that was sold. Well, what was that? It was actually all of the records associated with the ownership, the real estate, the survey, everything associated with the validation of the ownership of that home was then digitized included in that record, and then when it was exchanged for the funds that were exchanged, everything that would typically have to go through multiple intermediaries, right? A trust company, real estate company, a title company, the attorneys, all of that stuff would actually done through that transaction, and it was instantaneous. So that is an example of the decentralization of the ledger system that is showing the validity of that underlying asset that's being exchanged. Yep, absolutely. And let's come back to that example because I think that's that's a great bridge into disruption <laughs> that's coming. Yeah. Let's just cover a couple more terms. So blockchain, absolutely. So cryptocurrency is a currency which uses cryptography and is built upon a blockchain. So there are blockchain applications that are not cryptocurrency, but cryptocurrencies do use blockchains. So for anybody just kind of trying to figure out the differences between those, I'm sure some coder could pick apart the words I said, but I think if you (laughs) hear what I just said, you probably got the essence of what we're talking about here. And so that's how crypto and crypto cryptography, that's where that comes from, they use we won't get into it, but you know they use cryptography in order to, to verify things. Yeah, I think, and I think this would be valid statement is saying that blockchain exists with or without crypto. Correct. But crypto does not exist without blockchain. Right. Blockchain is do the it fundamental technology. technology. Yeah, yeah, but you'd have but, to develop. But it's blockchain, which makes it possible, right? It's to yeah. to work to yeah, build the confidence. Exactly. And then I guess there's also DeFi. There's another term there, decentralized finance. So there are other Web 3.0 developments that don't have anything to do with finance, but finance is a really big area that has an opportunity to transform. So that's maybe some terms out there, but let's let's go into the disruptions there because I know if I'm a business owner and I'm not just don't have just an interest in cryptocurrency, I'm itching right now saying, okay, what's this mean for me? Well, I think you brought up a really good example, Eric, about selling the house. I often wondered in the past, before I started learning more about working in finance, what am I paying this title person, this title attorney, this title fee when I want to buy a house? Well, they're going and making sure that there are no liens on the house. They're making sure this thing is free and clear, or that if there is a lien, we understand it. It's usually the existing mortgage, so that's going to get paid off so that your new bank can put a mortgage on the property, right? They're making sure that when everyone thinks the house transferred from David to Eric that it actually did. We don't have a situation where Eric thinks he owns the house, but he really doesn't because someone else had a claim on that house. So that's what title folks do. And 
this is to me one of the prime a area that I think is going to be facing a lot of disruption because yeah. like the house that was sold as an NFT, non-fungible token. I know when, when a lot of people may have heard what I just said and say, "Oh, that's all garbage." I hear you know you can buy some athlete shoes as a non-fungible token. You know, maybe that is kind of silly. I don't know if the market wants it, sure. But but I think there are really practical Main Street applications yeah. here. And this is one yeah. where a house becomes a token. And so suddenly all records associated with that house are now tokenized. So, I mean, theoretically, I think we've got a little ways to go, Eric. But theoretically, we should be able to, as, as easily as we can send money on Venmo right now, I can sell you my house, Yeah. right? And if it's tokenized, there's no concern there's another claim by someone else out there so ownership of right. large assets can transfer very quickly right and if you think just just as a quick example of that too because the disruption where that that could be both in the actual marketplace and how you exchange or how you buy house things of that nature but let's say now i'm the title company and my business has been guess what david you sold your house to me and that i had to pay for a title company and for an attorney to go do all the research for, you know, was it a clear title or not, right? Well, then guess what? A year later, I sell it to Betty. Well, when Betty goes and buys it, there's a new attorney in all likelihood involved. What are they doing? Are they going back to just the last transaction and relying on the work that was done when you sold the house to me? No, they're going all the way back to the beginning again, right? So if you think about it, in that world, tokenization is all the work that was previously done just keeps adding. And so then the only thing that has to be done is a check on that before it goes to the next person. You don't have to go do all the additional history and research and everything else like that. So if you think about that as a title company, and if you're not, say, the the one who's coming in to disrupt and use that technology then to be the new newest and greatest title transfer agent on the blockchain, then in all likelihood, somehow or other, you're going to have some changes coming down the road for you, right? Mm -hmm. So that's just one example. Yeah. Yep. And others are kind of in a very similar vein in banking. A lot of the work to get a loan done, and actually just going back to the house, Eric, in the transaction, there may still need to be a need for a survey to be done or an appraisal, but you know it doesn't doesn't eradicate that need. But once it's done, it can be added in to the blockchain, right? So everyone from this point forward knows what some professional person's opinion was of the condition of the house on that date, right? Yep. And this all can all become part of it. And in banking, a lot of what happens it's a very similar thing. There's a lot of title work. I mean, I was working on a project just recently, UCC filings everywhere, trying to get them cleared up. And who is a claim on what? When does that happen? Right? That whole thing just gets transformed in this case. And so, yeah, like you said, if I'm in the title industry, I should, I need to embrace this in a big way, or else I'm going to be needing to find another industry to work in. Yeah. Yeah. Or, and it's not that the work may go away. It's just going to change the frequency of the work, the pricing for the work because the frequency is going to change. All of these other things are going to impact. And particularly if you're in the intermediary space, which a lot of us are, not the direct delivery of, Mm -hmm. of a product or service, but your business is to be the intermediary, so to speak. I think those are going to see some significant disruptions 
and, and in relative short order. Yep. And so other, other things, anything that is involved in records, medical records is another thing that we could probably see some disruption in where, you know, right now somewhere somebody has got medical records that are about me <laughs> and I don't know where they are. I don't know who has them. I'm just trusting this person not to release them to the public. I don't think there's anything all that embarrassing in there, but I'm trusting them to protect these records. And then when I get a new doctor, I want them moved. We have to call, get them moved, right? All this stuff. This is another industry that very quickly could transform where you start having your records in the blockchain. And and I think folks, as I'm saying, medical records, a big thing around that is privacy. And so for anyone who's saying, well, hang on, I don't, guys, what you're talking about could get manipulated, could be changed. And that's, while we're not going to go into the details here, that is one of the geniuses of this technology is that it, it can't be manipulated. And at least as of as the way we understand the world right now, this is not this is maybe never say never, but it's incredibly harder to manipulate things on a blockchain than it is to manipulate or hack into yeah. things anywhere yeah. else. Yeah, because <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's designed to yeah, it's designed to be a validation. It it can't change without validation. And with that, if you and if you think about it, then too, from a privacy perspective. There's going to be a benefit to that because then that medical record is your medical record, not an institution's medical record. And you then will be in a position to choose choose and how. Who do I choose to send this to, not send this to, have access to only for this period of time, only for this purpose? The ability for you to protect and control your privacy, I think, will be much better than what it exists today. Here's another application. We could go on and on, but maybe these are just a couple of summary ones. Eric, you and I were having lunch with, with someone who's in this industry what, last month, and he was giving us the example of showing your ID when you go to a bar. He's saying, like, my daughter goes to a bar, and she has to show her license to get in. And actually, if you notice now, I don't let people do this with my ID, but more and more, people just go ahead and scan their ID when you want to go in somewhere. Well, when you're scanning that ID, it's often not just reading your ID to make sure you're actually over 21. It's also reading everything about you on that license and probably storing it, right? And so really, in order for you to go into a bar, the person at the door does not need to know your daughter's address. That's a scary one, right? Her weight, (laughs) her eye color, right? They only need to know, is she older than 21 or not? Right. So when we start developing identification methods where I can transmit information to someone who only needs to know my age and that's it, say, I'm not going to give you a picture of me, my address, all this. I'm just going to give you what you need so you can, without any doubt, know I am actually over 21. That becomes amazing. Right. And it creates my ability to protect my own private information and only disclose it to the people to whom I choose. Right. So I yeah. think anyone working in that space, developing in that area, there's yeah. this is big. Yeah. While it great opportunities, also there are other risks on the other side because depending on how you manage that, you can over deliver information mm-hmm. very easily when it's digitized. And so lots of things to unpack from that, David, but I think we're getting getting close to the time for wrapping this up. And I know in the next session, we have so much more to talk about uh, as far as this new technology and how it's going to impact our lives. And 
this is an area where I think it's going to be great to have some guests, David, that can speak to maybe some specific application mm-hmm. of Absolutely. things that, that are being developed and all, or us be able to at least talk to, to some of those developments because they're all over the place these days. <laughs> Absolutely. So things we didn't get into that we, we need to are smart contracts. Smart contracts are ways that the Main Street business could be doing business differently very soon. And the other is going right back to cryptocurrency, right? We've seen some businesses are to say we accept Bitcoin. So far, Bitcoin is kind of not so easy to transmit. Not everyone takes it. So it's not yet a mainstream currency or medium of exchange, better way to say it. Yeah, but but certainly the noise and the discussion is not going away. It's only building. So I think those are some other readily thing, readily applicable things that are going to be probably hitting the main street business owner soonest. So with that, hopefully, folks, we've given you some fun things to think about at this beginning of 2023. Yeah, lots more uh, to unpack in the new year. Yeah. Looking forward yeah. to watching this unfold over 2023 and also more fun topics to create value for the business owners and managers of private companies all across the world. Please, folks, if you like this, what we're talking about, these kinds of things, please send it to your friends. Please subscribe and please reach out to us at podcast at emergedynamics.com if there are questions, comments, complaints, or you want to be one of our guests and talk with us or there's a topic you'd like us to talk about. Yeah, have a question. We'll look at it. So we'd love to do that. So with that, folks, let's off to the rest of the new year. Yeah. Take care.